Hello, and welcome to Thank You for Toilet Paper, a history of the little things. A podcast where we talk about a few things to be grateful for and the history and stories behind them. I'm your host, Elizabeth Miller. Thank you so much for joining me today. Let's get going. As fun in the sun gets underway, it becomes more and more important to do so safely. I am terrible at this. I didn't grow up with a lot of sunscreen application. I mean, as a kid, I'm sure that my parents slathered the stuff on, but once I hit teenagehood and adulthood, my efforts at sun protection died a silent, abysmal death. A few summers back, I accompanied a friend on her way to sunny California. She was moving there for her graduate program, and I was her driving buddy. Her driving buddy who later begged to go to the beach, which she kindly acquiesced to do, and we ended up spending an afternoon on the beach, sunbathing a bit. Now, I thought I had correctly applied my sunscreen. However, after we finished our beach time, we stopped by a small subway to grab water nearby, and uh, the moment I walked into the shop, the guy working, the cashier, burst into laughter as soon as he caught sight of me. Like, I walked in the door and he just busted up, like, doubled over laughing. The reason... I looked down to see was that my legs were absolutely candy striped. I had literal thick stripes of red and white where I somehow managed to miss sunscreening entirely. I basically looked like an enormous bright red candy cane. And honestly, the guy was right. I looked ridiculous. And once I saw it, I mean, I was laughing too. Immediately after me, however, came in a customer, or he might have come from the bathroom, I don't remember which, but he came in and he was dressed entirely in red bandana paisley material, like the shirt, the hat, the shorts, the whole thing, and quite frankly, we matched. So these days I have renewed-ish my efforts to apply sunscreen more effectively and more completely, and to start off on that important journey of protecting yourself from the harmful rays, let's first take a moment for some gratitude for an incredible invention that fights the harmful effects of invisible rays, sunscreen. Sunscreen can come in a number of different forms, from sprays and gels to lotions, sticks, foams, and more. Sunscreen's main job is to protect us from harmful UV rays, to prevent sunburns and skin cancer. The sunscreen itself either absorbs or reflects these harmful rays. Now, in my head, this plays out almost like a superhero operetta with like ray guns and heroic captain sunscreen, but I digress. For millennia, our ancestors went about their business with their own means of protecting against the sun, with clothing, umbrellas, and shade. The ancient Egyptians made their sun-protective substances using jasmine, lupine, and rice bran. The ancient Grecians used olive oil, and ancient Native American peoples used pine needles and sunflower oil to protect against the sun. Aside from these natural ingredients, our ancient ancestors also used parasols, various tents and awnings, and sunglasses to protect from the sun. For the royal and wealthy in China, parasols were especially popular in protecting against the sun. For the Romans, their answer was found in setting up awnings, especially at public events like gladiator fights. It wasn't for some time, however, until we truly understood how sunburns worked. We came to this understanding in 1801 with a German scientist by the name of Johann Ritter, who made the discovery of ultraviolet rays. Understanding UV rays helped us to understand how to protect against them and improve methods and formulas for sun protection. If we're talking about the type of sun protection we're more used to today, like a lotion or a stick of sunscreen, then for that we look to Australia in 1932. A chemist by the name of H.A. Milton Blake invented the first sunscreen. His invention, a UV filter called Salol, was checked and validated by the University of Adelaide. Blake sold his new sunscreen with his company, Hamilton Laboratories. 
Sunbathing, however, had become popularized by Coco Chanel in the 1920s and had transformed into a sign of leisurely life and luxury in Western society. The science, however, continued to show us that sun damage could occur and was actually a real danger, with German doctor Paul Una having already found links between skin cancer and sun exposure in 1896. In 1936, a man by the name of Eugene Schuller was on a boat trip when he learned that the oils that he had brought to protect his skin were not really working at all. This prompted him to work on his own formula. Schuller is the founder of L'Oreal. Another sunscreen invention was made by a Swiss man by the name of Franz Grita. He also made his own sunscreen called Glacier Cream. His invention came after he'd had a particularly bad sunburn from climbing the Appalachian Mountains. His cream had an SPF level of 2. He also came up with the term sun protection factor, which is where we get SPF. SPF actually refers to the fraction of sun rays that reach your skin. For example, if you get a sunscreen with an SPF of 30, that means that 1 30th of the radiation will reach your skin. Assuming you apply the sunscreen correctly and don't leave stripes like me. In the United States, a popular sunscreen brand is Coppertone. This sunscreen was a brand used for soldiers during World War II. The company was started in 1944 by a Floridian, a man by the name of Benjamin Green. Green's initial formula for Coppertone contained an ingredient that was nicknamed Red Vet Pet, but whose full name was actually Red Veterinary Petroleum. When they wanted to go commercial and sell to the public, they added cacao butter and coconut oil. In 2019, Coppertone made $87.2 million. In 1969, a Kentucky man by the name of Ron Rice decided it might be nice if this sunscreen lotion stuff actually smelled good. He started Hawaiian Tropic in his garage and accomplished just that. He was inspired after his trip to Hawaii when he saw locals using coconut oil to protect against the sun. With all of the sports and activities that we do in the sun, many of these activities take us to the water, which means we needed a waterproof sunscreen. This came around in 1977, with a U.S. FDA Food and Drug Administration approved sunscreen that was water resistant for 40 minutes. The next year, in 1978, the FDA required all companies to include an SPF number on the bottle so that consumers could have a better idea of what they were buying and the level of protection that they could expect. In the 1980s, an important ingredient was added to sunscreen, zinc oxide. It also helps us with rashes and skin irritations as well as protecting us against the sun. Sunscreens with this ingredient garnered the nickname mineral sunscreens. In 1985, Bullfrog introduced a non-greasy gel sunscreen that was especially popular with athletes and others on the move. Sunblock continued to innovate by also creating sunblock that reduced glare for surfers, with Zinca creating a product called Nose Coat that did just that in 1986. This also led to some of the visuals that we may have grown up with of lifeguards having noses slathered in so much sunscreen that the nose was just white or green or bright orange thanks to Zinca's thick colored sunscreen. In 1988, we upped our skin protection game with the inclusion of a new ingredient called avobenzone which protected against UV rays and UVA rays. Over the years, we've had a number of different brands all around the world that have cropped up with inventories that range from lifeguards to mothers and with products that are targeting children, adults, athletes, and were simply made for better smells, easier application, greater protection, and more. There's been so much innovation. There are even products that will let you know when it's time to reapply your sunscreen. Sunscreen has even made its way into cosmetic products as well. 
Unfortunately, there are some potential problems with sunscreen, as some of the ingredients linger on the skin and show up in breast milk and urine long after application, and there are links to chemicals that are carcinogenic, causing cancer. Despite this, the American Cancer Society still recommends the use of sunscreen, as it is still helpful and can reduce the risk of melanomas as well as squamous cells carcinoma. Broad-spectrum sunscreen is the most recommended. There are some ingredients in sunscreen that can sometimes do harm, and not just to the body. In 2018, Hawaii banned sunscreens that contain certain ingredients that can harm coral reefs, like oxybenzone and octinoxate. However, sunscreen is also a helpful tool in preventing not only skin cancer, but also preventing wrinkles, dark spots, and sagging skin if it is used consistently and diligently every day. The use of sunscreen as a means to prevent sagging skin and wrinkles is supported by a 2013 study. Individuals who wear sunscreen every day with at least an SPF of 15 end up with 24% less skin aging. The sunscreen industry is a $1.85 billion industry. Whether it's protecting your skin from tanning or simply a means to protect you from skin cancer, wrinkles, or dark spots, sunscreen has played a huge role in helping protect humanity from UV rays for hundreds of years. And for all the times it can keep me from looking like a candy-striped gal in particular, I'm very grateful. (laughs) That's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a marvelous day. Take care. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.